We are back with On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. The Rembrandt's there with the theme from Friends. The show is celebrating its 25th anniversary and continues to have a cult-like following. Fifteen years after its final episode, Friends fans are up in arms after the announcement that Netflix will stop streaming the beloved series in 2020. But the gang will be hanging out on the forthcoming HBO Max service. It is the latest high-profile gambit in the high-stakes streaming wars that has really changed the way that we consume and what we expect of media. And this has happened in relatively little time. Consider that Netflix was a mail-in DVD exchange service back in 1998. Well, Kate Fortmuller is assistant professor of entertainment and media studies at the University of Georgia and joins us from Athens. Welcome. Thank you. Things really have changed in, what, 12, 10, 12 years. Nielsen estimates that as many as 16 million homes have cut cable in, over the past eight years and now use only on-demand streaming services. What, Kate, do you think has made Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime so successful? So there's a few things that have made them successful, but most of that has been a result of their turn to original content. So many of these services were licensing content from other other studios and other networks. Um, like Friends, in, like The Office? Yeah, exactly. Like Friends Friends and The Office are the two, definitely the two big ones. Basically, they, Netflix started producing content and started sort of thinking about it in 2012, but really began with their foray into original content with House of Cards. As for me, I'm just a lowly House Majority Whip. I keep things moving in a Congress choked by pettiness and lassitude. My job is to clear the pipes and keep the sludge moving. But I won't have to be a plumber much longer. I've done my time. I've backed the right man. Which became a very popular um, show and boosted their subscribers significantly. Prior to their streaming service, Netflix had about 4.2 million subscribers in 2005. In 2013, when they launched House of Cards, they were up to 29.2 million. Wow. So this was a very significant move for them and really has only been able to help them grow their business over the past several years. Well, so cable companies, of course, are scrambling for revenue if people are cutting the cord. Warner Media is the company teaming up with HBO for this Mac service. Apple, NBC, Disney have all announced that they're going to launch their own streaming services. Why do they want to go it alone? Well, they're, they've actually... You know, I think when you think about Disney Plus, they're not really going it alone so much as in the recent years they've acquired Lucasfilm, they've acquired Marvel, and recently 20th Century Fox. So Disney has really been able to to grow their library content in a way that they have enough that they can create their own service based on their own content. So it doesn't really seem like they're just sort of putting out the Disney animated classics, right? So part of the kind of trend of consolidation and conglomeratization in the industries had, has led them to be able to kind of, quote, go it alone, even if maybe it doesn't look like that in terms of what they're offering us. And the thing is that a lot of this content is already crossed over. You know, NBC made Friends, for example. And now Netflix is the sole distributor for Marvel series like Jessica Jones and Daredevil. My grandmother, she was the real Catholic. Fear of God ran deep, you'd have liked her. She used to say, be careful of the Murdoch boys. They got the devil in. But Disney owns Marvel and Hulu and has now come out with Disney Plus, its own streaming service. How is that going to change things? Well, yeah, it's okay. So Disney is majority, a majority shareholder in Hulu, and Hulu also creates their own content. 
many of the shows that were on Netflix, the Marvel shows, were canceled um, or will not be continuing on. And Disney is just creating their own Marvel shows for their new platform, many of which were sort of released recently in the in the second phase of the Marvel plan. So it really just, I think, changes things in that Netflix is going to have to rely more on their original content and less on the licensed content of other studios. So it's just going to be more competitive, right? So these, these um, if for companies like, N- like NBC with their new service Peacock, they're going to be tighter with their content and unwilling to license it to Netflix. So anything they have that exists, it's going to be a little bit harder to get an NBC show on Netflix or an NBC NBC show on Amazon Prime um, because they're going to be saving it for themselves. Really, the chance these these services like Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu that we've come to rely on for good content, what they are really going to have to continue to do is produce a lot of original content for themselves. So they're just they're in a race right now. Um, and, and how ex- much can an we expensive produce? race? It's a very expensive race. It yeah. is not. It's not working out very well for Netflix right now. You know, people turn yeah. to streaming out of frustration with cable. You know, the whole, there are 500 channels, but there's nothing to watch. Are we going to begin to see bundling options for these streaming services? Maybe that they will band together in some sort of cable-like formation. Yes, those are already being floated. Yes, mm. we will We will begin to see more bundling Especially, right, as some of these things shake out and we start seeing some of the streaming services not be as successful, maybe, as others, those will start to be bundled with the more successful streaming services, much like cable, right, that you have, you know, cable networks that are kind of bundled in with the more successful ones. So so we're basically all, with cable services, paying for for ESPN and, you know, even if we don't necessarily want it, but many people, that's why they subscribe to cable. So. Right. So we're paying for Showtime, HGTV, all of these kind of services right. together. But, but right. a lot of people cut cord to cut the cord to save money. Are we all going to be paying monthly bills for half a dozen streaming services in the future? Well, I think that that depends on you. I think if you're really trying to save money in this new scream, streaming landscape, you really need to sort of take stock of what it is that you watch and what it is that you value going forward and whether or not you need all of those services is sort of an individual question. If you are someone who needs all of them, you will be spending more than you were probably spending on cable. It's no secret that the rise of streaming TV and of prestige television happened at the same time. Shows on streaming services win Emmys, they're nominated for Oscars, and they're all available on your computer or your smartphone. So now that other networks are pulling shows from streaming services, what's going to happen to the quality of content? Ultimately, you know, what, I, what people often say, this is an exciting time for people who are making television because there are a lot of people who want to make television. So there's many more opportunities to pitch to places that are looking for fresh new content. So in that sense, it's great. Whether or not that finds an audience is a different issue, right? Mm-hmm. Well, broadcast networks can now use popular lead-ins to launch new shows. With streaming, it's all about marketing and buzz. And as you said, what happens on social media? Does that mean shows have to be phenomenal and have a really well, really well-funded, well-thought-out media campaign in order to survive and get those eyes, get those eyeballs today? So, interestingly, one of the critiques of Netflix has been that they are not very good at marketing because. They things just sort of pop on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. I think we've all had that experience where something like how do they make all these shows? 
Well, yeah, and you're you're sort of you maybe had heard an inkling like the politician. I'm going to be president of the United States. It does seem to be the hot job everyone aspires to nowadays. The air of impossibility has been removed. Yes, well, I had that dream when I was seven years old, Dean Lawrence, and I spent my entire life studying the lives of former presidents in order to identify common experiences and traits that led to their inevitable election victories. And I sort of I knew Ryan Murphy's show was coming out, and I think I read about it in the fall preview, but all of a sudden it just pops on Netflix, and there was no real lead-up for me in terms of understanding when that was going to happen. So in that sense, Netflix has has been under fire. And they launched over the summer the Netflix magazine as an attempt to kind of showcase different things that they were coming out with. Whether or not that's successful is going to be a sort of a different issue. But it was a way to signal to creators that we're trying. I mean, I think some of how they are, how, how they're drawing consumers to their shows is not, I think this is where this isn't great for new creators and sort of the need for more content is in order for something to get an eye, get eyeballs it has to be a bit more a bit flashier in terms of who it's who's making it and who's in it right so that i can i can talk i can talk about the politician as a show that had that i'm aware of ryan murphy because ryan murphy has had a number of successful shows and netflix poached him away from fx mm-hmm. in order to make flashier content and the same the same thing happened with shonda rhimes um who has an amazing track record i mean gray's anatomy Grey's Anatomy will probably surpass Law and Order, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Scandal, um, How to Get Away with Murder. These shows that are very popular, um, actors often get awards nods for them. Um, So they poached her away. I don't, but again, I don't know when that show is coming, but I do know that they have Shonda. I mean, Netflix doesn't, at this point, they don't release their, they only release their numbers when it is advantageous. So Mm -hmm. we got numbers for Bird Box. We will get numbers for things that they think have done especially well, but we don't have numbers, so we don't ever really know how popular these shows are. And at this point, it still doesn't matter. There is some speculation that they will have to release that in the future because shareholders want to know. But they've been able to keep a very tight hold on their data for a very long time. Kate Fortmuller, I want to thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you. Kate Fortmuller is Assistant Professor of Entertainment and Media Studies at UGA. 